All the great existential themes Heidegger analyzes in Being and Time, considering them to have been neglected by all earlier European philosophy, had been unveiled, displayed, illuminated by four centuries of the European novel. In its own way, through its own logic, the novel discovered the various dimensions of existence one by one. With Cervantes and his contemporaries, it inquires into the nature of adventure. With Richardson, it begins to examine what happens inside, to unmask the secret life of the feelings. With Balzac, it discovers man's rootedness in history. With Flaubert, it explores the terror, previously incognita, of the everyday. With Tolstoy, it focuses on the intrusion of the irrational into human behavior and decisions. It probes time, the elusive past with Proust, the elusive present with Joyce. With Thomas Mann, it examines the role of the myths from the remote past that control our present actions, etc., etc. The novel has accompanied man uninterruptedly and faithfully since the beginning of the modern era. It was then that the passion to know, which Husserl considered the essence of European spirituality, seized the novel and led it to scrutinize man's concrete life and protect it against the forgetting of being, to hold the world of life under a permanent light. That is the sense in which I understand and share Hermann Brock's insistence in repeating, The sole raison d'etre of a novel is to discover what only the novel can discover. A novel that does not discover a hitherto unknown segment of existence is immoral. Knowledge is the novel's only morality. I would also add, the novel is Europe's creation. Its discoveries, though made in various languages, belong to the whole of Europe. The sequence of discoveries, not the sum of what was written, is what constitutes the history of the European novel. It is only in such a supranational context that the value of a work, that is to say, the import of its discovery, can be fully seen and understood. 3. As God slowly departed from the seat whence he had directed the universe and its order of values, distinguished good from evil, and endowed each thing with meaning, Don Quixote set forth from his house into a world he could no longer recognize. In the absence of the Supreme Judge, the world suddenly appeared in its fearsome ambiguity, the single divine truth decomposed into myriad relative truths parceled out by men. Thus was born the world of the modern era, and with it the novel, the image and model of that world. To take with Descartes the thinking self as the basis of everything, and thus to face the universe alone, is to adopt an attitude that Hegel was right to call heroic. To take with Cervantes the world as ambiguity, to be obliged to face not a single absolute truth, but a welter of contradictory truths, truths embodied in imaginary selves called characters, to have as one's only certainty the wisdom of uncertainty, requires no less courage. What does Cervantes' great novel mean? Much has been written on the question. Some see in it a rationalist critique of Don Quixote's hazy idealism. Others see it as a celebration of that same idealism.
Both interpretations are mistaken because they both seek at the novel's core not an inquiry but a moral position. Man desires a world where good and evil can be clearly distinguished, for he has an innate and irrepressible desire to judge before he understands. Religions and ideologies are founded on this desire. They can cope with the novel only by translating its language and relativity and ambiguity into their own apodictic and dogmatic discourse. They require that someone be right, either Anna Karenina is the victim of a narrow-minded tyrant, or Karenin is the victim of an immoral woman. Either K is an innocent man crushed by an unjust court, or the court represents divine justice and K is guilty. This either-or encapsulates an inability to tolerate...